because making games is easy. Right? Right. It's Behind the Line Radio with your host, Kinetic. And it starts now. Hello everyone and welcome to Behind the Line Radio, games industry insider insight for everyone. I'm your host, Kinetic, a.k.a. Nick, joined as always by the enthusiast Baron Fang, or Jeff. How are you doing today, Jeff? Good, good, Nick. So, we are just past E3. We kind of had another topic we wanted to talk about, but a couple of guests fell through, so obviously E3 just happened, so let's talk about that for a bit. Um, mm. I've said before, I'm, I'm more of a, a GDC guy. Um, not, to, not to poo-poo E3 or anything, but I, I find more... To my uh, taste, more interesting stuff can come out of GDC than E3. E3 tends to be a bit more... Uh, um, Hype-driven? Yeah, like a string of commercials. <laughs> or uh, what was it I saw someone was talking about? Can we uh, 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 a petition to rename the Sony E3 pes- press conference to uh, trailers with applause? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but still, there's a lot of stuff that can wind up coming out of of uh, E3. Uh, one of the things that uh, around work got a surprising amount of, uh, uh, what's the right word for this, murmuring, um, <laughs> was uh, the, the Mario and Rabbids game from Ubisoft. Yeah, that was a, a left field one. Didn't see that coming. I hadn't heard any rumors about it previously. I I don't know if you had, but yeah, that nope. was head shaker. Well, at the same time, I, I, you know, it's it's that's one of those things that comes out as as hopefully a pleasant surprise. Uh, there, yeah. the 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 level of cartooniness with both of the properties seems to fit with each other pretty well. So that's nice. Um, and it it kind of makes sense to me in the whole same in the same sense of uh, Mario's re or not Mario, Nintendo and Mario are different entities. Nintendo's recent. <laughs> uh, uh, stated focus of trying to leverage their intellectual property more, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, introducing people to their intellectual property, opening up theme parks, using it in different ways, and, you know, at least a little, you know, footsie flirting with the idea of making a movie if rumors are to be believed. Uh, so here's a, just another way to, to cross-promote stuff. Um, this is not the first time that Mario has been involved with a different developer, and I'm not even talking about the 3DO stuff. I mean... You know, there's Nintendo properties and Mario in particular. Like, you know, the uh, Mario Kart arcade game was made by Namco. Uh, yeah. A few other things here and there. Mario teaches typing. This is probably one of the largest profile um, non-Nintendo uses of, of Mario. But, you know, that kind of cross-promotion has happened before with, uh, yeah. you know, Mario and Sonic, one of those Sonic weird things Olympics, that if you yeah. if you told someone in the '90s that was going to happen, they'd be they wouldn't believe you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But this seems to be a bit more, uh, a bit less of a you know. It's not just they're inviting other people's characters into their games like they've done with Smash or the Olympics games. They're, this is literally a, a, a co-developed project, yeah. the property being used in a way we've not really seen before. And just thinking about all the stuff Mario's done so far, if you're going to take the intellectual <laughs> property into something that it's never done before, that's pretty impressive on its own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, 
it's uh, something I never thought I'd I'd really see, uh, honestly. But um, I guess it's proof that Nintendo are looking at things a little bit differently. Hmm. And uh, that was by Ubisoft, of course. And one one of the mm-hmm. other things from Ubisoft that really uh, um, caused some waves, so to speak. <laughs> I'm guessing you know where I'm going with this one. Possibly. Uh, Skull and Bones, based on uh, Assassin's Creed 4 ship combat. So it's like Assassin's Creed 4 without any of the assassin stuff or the future stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I Having not played Black Flag yet myself, I have to imagine that there were some people that enjoyed that, that thought, this might deserve its own game. <laughs> but... But, you know, they just said it in that sort of a flippant way and never expected uh, that they would actually uh, do that. But I well, don't know. I guess uh, I, I guess it's not a completely crazy idea. No, no, no. That that was kind of a, a joke around the time that Black Flag came out. If if you recall, there was a Penny Arcade comic of, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, Gabe was, you know, having fun being a swashbuckler and then he gets sucked into the, the, the future and doing some of that stuff. It's like, no, 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 I want to be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to the game developer section of the plot for the next hour and a half. <laughs> I don't care about your overarching story. Get rid of any of that. Give me the fun stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a game where even when it came out, like, uh, got me really interested in. in um, I didn't I didn't play it more than a couple of minutes, but it got me interested in. Um, playing Sid Meier's Pirates again, which is what got me to try... Ooh, I can't remember the name of the game. It's like Northwind or something like that. Um, A game that was very much inspired by Pirates, and they even reached out to Sid Meier to to get his permission to kind of rip off some of their ideas or something like that. And uh, I tried it out. It was was not like Pirates. the, The combat wasn't... Right, and it was more about uh, the trading that would happen in Sid Meier's Pirates. And so I wound up returning that one on Steam, because no, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> Skull and Bones, on the other hand, um, to, from what I saw in the trailer, also doesn't quite scratch the same Sid Meier's Pirates itch. Uh, it looks, and perhaps I just didn't uh, uh, explore the press releases closely enough, but it looks like it's more focused on uh, Team PvP. Yeah, raiding yeah, five and looting. By, five and, by five. Yeah, and well, the I really I bet the test team had a lot of fun setting up an interesting engagement for the trailer, doing stuff like having a frigate shield a sloop with its own hull. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that, and the the announcer saying, "Oh, it takes the brunt of the broadside," and you you got to imagine that that someone setting that up was like, "It'll be like the bodyguard going no." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or uh, at the end, apparently they have a heavy-handed, oh, your timer's up, pirate hunters are coming, and they're invincible. Uh, but uh, it had a neat shot of one ship sacrificing itself to make sure the other ships could escape. So uh, that that just had a real feeling of asking testers to come up with something cool. Yeah, uh, which is refreshing, considering how milquetoast trailer-heavy this event is. Mm, you know? That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, no, some... I don't want a vertical slice. I want flavor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
not to spoil the rest of the podcast, but we'll get back to pirates later, folks. <laughs> we, we we haven't we haven't completely left pirates behind. Mm. Yeah. Um. And the 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 South Park game. I think this was also the Ubi uh, under Ubisoft was the, the the mobile game Phone Destroyer, which I just found uh, mm. amusing. It was just the uh, culmination of like. Ninjas versus zombies versus pirates versus they just like add all of these cow uh, cowboys. <laughs> it starts cowboys and Indians and then they just start throwing everything else in there. Yeah, it's uh, it seems like a good vehicle to get some of those types of jokes out. So yeah, and and uh-huh. hell, the name itself, Phone Destroyer, is pretty amusing because uh, <laughs> yeah, some game we we even joke about it uh, uh, in in my test apartment of how hot your phone gets sometimes with with the more demanding like f- games physically hot yeah yes physically hot imagine. like there there have been some games on some phones get to the point where it is uncomfortable to touch <laughs> like st- this doesn't seem right like tethered swimming this this doesn't feel right <laughs> ah um there's also oh man one thing <laughs> and then there was Bethesda's thing and when i saw i saw the shot of I forget what it was called Bethesda Town or something. They had that little sort of theme park looking thingy there. Yeah. Uh, and I saw they had a Ferris wheel, and I I couldn't help but think of the uh, Simpsons Do What You Feel festival. Uh, <laughs> and 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 hoping, man, I I I hope I hope their uh, uh, rides there are less buggy than say Elder Scrolls games or Fallout games. Because you'll, 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 you'll have the do-what-you-feel festival where the Ferris wheel just comes off because they haven't been double-bolted. <laughs> I didn't feel like it. <laughs> that, just, that just seemed like tempting fate there to me. Yeah, a bit ramshackle. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> uh, I will presume that the carnies they hired knew what they were doing, though. <laughs> yes, at, ver- at the very least, they were real. Real carnies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they had a couple of their own uh, points. Uh, um, Doom VR, which, and yeah, I, 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 I get why. Um, I get the temptation to just take a successful game and first-person game and throw VR into it. Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how excited. People are actually going to be to buy it, but I don't know. It it, it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little more so than uh, the Fallout one. That that's the one that I really don't. I mean, um, I, I I take it you've played Fall a bit of Fallout. Uh, not four. Okay, well, I guess anyone who's played even three knows that these are games that you play for a long time, right? Oh like, yeah, oh yeah. No, I have played three quite a bit. Yeah. So imagine strapping that thing to your head for. 80 to 100 hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's where I'm... Doom, I think you could take in short bursts, you know, as as you would in any sort of action FPS. Fallout, wearing that thing for 70, 80 plus hours, like, God, that, that just seems to be completely uh, not in keeping with the spirit <laughs> and the safety <laughs> of VR. Uh, I, think, I think that's... Uh, that that's a fatigue or a vision problem waiting to happen <laughs> there. Uh, I don't I don't think these systems are designed to be used that long safely. So mm. uh. 
Well, I, I, I would imagine they're trying to get them to be something that you could wear and use that long safely, but the one the one that I've used the most so far is the, the, the PlayStation VR, and the for that one, the, the forehead piece squeezes on my temples. Mm, yeah. <laughs> my hat size is, is bigger than that one is set up for. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that gets real uncomfortable after a little bit. And yeah. then if you're doing something like playing the, the res game, where pretty much the only thing the VR gives you is you can look behind yourself sometimes. You're like, why am I doing this? Yeah. I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't stay up for the Bethesda one being on the East Coast. I think it was midnight Eastern Standard Time. Um, but I know, I know quite a few friends who did. And uh, the, the, the two things that constantly came up about that conference – were that it was short and largely disappointing. Hmm. Um, Bethesda, I mean, you would probably remember better than me, Nick. I, 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 don't, I don't think Bethesda had really been involved much in this sort of reveal conference prior to last year. It's, this is not something they've, they've done a lot. And uh, based it certainly on what doesn't they, stick out in my memory. Yeah, and based on the effort they put out this year, maybe they shouldn't be there every year. Maybe they should wait until they have something a little more substantial because uh, – I don't get the sense, at least from my acquaintances, that they were uh, particularly, you know, excited about the the few offerings that they had. I mean, the, you know, the the sky the Skyrim by Skyrim again joke started almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, Dishonored Two has its fans, but I, I don't know that that DLC was um, or additional content, whatever that was, it was you know brought the house down. The um, creation club thing? Is that what you're referring to there? Uh, the, the death of the outsider thing for Dishonored 2. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh. Yeah. yeah. Now, and I I don't know. I mean, Evil Within may have sold reasonably well, possibly, but I don't know a lot of fans of that game, so I think I was a bit surprised to see that they were doing another one of those. But I, I don't know. I think the highlight for me out of all the Bethesda stuff was probably the Wolfenstein 2. Oh, yeah. Um, Just given that you know, I, I think people expected they'd tag up on that New Order game. Um, hmm. uh, although I'd be curious to see if they do another Old Blood as well, too. That that would be that'd be worth worth exploring as well. Um, but yeah, that it, that that if that was the highlight, um, I, I don't know that that was worth 40 minutes uh, at, at midnight Eastern time for for them to. Um, to showcase all that stuff, I, I think maybe Bethesda should take a few years off if that's the if that's the sort of efforts they're going to put out. But then, then again, they weren't there alone in the underwhelming uh, press conference category. It's just given that how well received their one their last ones have been, uh, it was a bit surprising to see them um, phone it in sort of for this year. Um, yeah. And, and the Eld- I don't know about you, but the Elder Scrolls stuff, the on- Elder Scrolls Online and Legend stuff, I just I, I mean, I'm not. I'm already not a, a Skyrim or Elder Scroll guy, but that, yeah. That, and this, that, I think, some of this is some of the uh, shortcomings of E3 as a platform for some of this stuff. Because I mean, they got things here that are legitimate announcements and 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 stuff. But yeah, I mean, when you got this, when you get something like Elder Scrolls, uh, for the most part, I mean, while you know Skyrim coming out made a pretty big splash and there was a lot of traction that that got, kind of introducing it to uh, new, uh, another generation might be too big a, of a word, but say another wave 
of uh, users, and you know, YouTube's more more of a thing now than it was for uh, the previous iteration. Yeah, Oblivion. Yeah, um, and so you got some, you know, uh, mimetic transfer, you might say, going on there, where you got people <laughs> making YouTube videos and and jokey stuff about it. Uh, the whole uh, took an arrow in the knee thing became a bit of a running gag. Um, but yeah. but all of that said, it's not something that has like crossover appeal or lends itself to, um, say like Street Fighter. If Street Fighter had another uh, uh, expansion or a new character coming out, it it doesn't lend itself to being a big reveal. Um, no, particularly because they do have a really active uh, moderating community or not mod. Not moderating, modding, modding community. Yeah. So a lot of stuff that can be done in the engine is done and is available. Um, a lot of these things are just um, not those really glitzy, flashy, reveal kind of things, which is probably why Wolfenstein 2 really stands out, but it, it's not like they would need their own thing for that. That's like, that's it, it feels more along the lines of this is... Mm something that you should see at a booth not at its own yeah not at a big subdivision event in a theater. Or, or yeah um yeah. It, they, they might be in a place where they feel like they're they're too big for a booth but maybe they're still too small for their own conference like uh uh stage presentation yeah stuck in an also, in-between spot yeah i also question why they think that the paid mods thing was fodder for E3, I mean, surely they would have to realize that there's as much negative reaction to that as there is positive. I, and I think I'm being generous saying that. I that that to me doesn't seem like something that you tease <laughs> at an event like this. That seems like something you should slip in on a slow news day and hope that people don't notice. But I don't or, know. Maybe or they're something proud that, of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe something that you don't present uh, trying to. Uh, expect that it'll make a big splash, but something that you put out there f- with feelers to see what the reaction yeah, would be. A little exactly. bit more like a little bit more like Steam went with uh, the the transition from Greenlight to Direct. You yeah, know, there's a whole bunch of let's start a dialogue and see what we can do. Because I mean, the idea of modders being able to get paid for their work. Um, I mean, one, I, I'm not opposed to that concept. Two, then you got a question of should this be done through a marketplace or should it be done through like, should the modders just open up their own Patreon? I mean, nothing's stopping them from doing that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, that I, I, I think that there is room for this to be an acceptable concept, whether or not this is the right way to go about doing it. I, I cannot say. Yeah. You know, and it's not to get off on a tangent, but it's, it's just funny how every once in a while mods, get in the news for good and bad reasons you know <laughs> like not what well, a week uh, not even a week later uh to um take two and their nonsense about mods too mm-hmm. like i i just i don't get i don't like i don't like making current year arguments i think they're weak arguments <laughs> but I, I just don't understand how in the year 2017 there are still companies that are fighting against this or not going the dialogue route that you mentioned. Like, why why wouldn't they start by 
approaching it in a, in a less uh, in just a softer quieter manner and sort of getting a, a feel for things before just dropping the hammer <laughs> mm. you know uh they i don't think they realize how uh how many people they're going to piss off by getting this stuff wrong um well some, <laughs> sometimes sometimes there's a i don't know confirmation bias with internal debates where you know, there, or or even a selection bias in in those who come into the debate internally, that perhaps they've found themselves in a position where they, I don't know, between Bethesda and between Steam, or maybe they got the idea from the Steam paid mod attempt, and they thought, yeah. and and they came to an internal conclusion that this this it's taken as a given that having financial transactions for mods is a correct decision. Mm. And like, so what does this mean? I, 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 I have no idea. I mean, it's 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 the kind of thing you're going to have to wind up seeing how it works. If if you wound up say, I have a mod, it's big, it's significant. I think people would be really interested in it. It costs, and, and and it's taken me, you know, hundreds, thousands of hours of effort. There's a team of five of us working on it, and so this is a really marquee mod. Mm. Um. I, I, I want to make it presentable to people and maybe, you know, it doesn't shut down the other modding options. I haven't looked into too many of the details of it yet. I'm speaking conceptually here. Mm. Um, let's say they submit it to Bethesda. Bethesda puts it through a, a thing and then they put it up for sale for, I don't know, a dollar or two, you know. Yeah. Uh, that might be appropriate, you know, that would put a... Um, Give the option to have a stamp of approval, you might say, for, uh, you know, the Nintendo seal of quality type deal. You know, yeah. we have tested this and it, and it is, uh, solid. Uh, although, yeah. I mean, if you took Bethesda saying that this is, is, is not buggy, I mean, again, they got some, <laughs> they don't have the best track record with that, but, you know, yeah. or it plays well with all of the other approved mods and, and you can buy this because there can definitely be, um, uh, overt mod conflicts, depending on what you're doing with stuff like this, um, and sell it for enough money to cover that cost of approval, the approval process, and give some revenue to the developer, and maybe a little, a, a little bit back to Bethesda itself. Who knows? I, I don't know. I will, yeah. however, say I will, however, say that if I, I doubt that they would go this far, but if they ever got to the point where the entire point of a Elder Scrolls game was just to be the backbone for a market where you sell yeah. mods. That is yeah. not cool because that's the kind of business Atlassian is in, and I hate them, as I've talked about before. But huh. I think we've beaten this one into the ground enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so much I, for not going off on a tangent. <laughs> never bet against me going off. Ne, ne, never bet against me going off on a tangent. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, Wolfenstein I too, I, I I am stoked about that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I don't think there's much more to say about says to be honest. That, <laughs> I, that's forty minutes of not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, I don't know. From one thing I did want to say, the Wolfenstein two demo gave me a, a real like, oh, this is a lot like Doom twenty sixteen, except instead of demons and devils you're fighting nazis so it's like mm. 
one of the things that's neat about Doom is since you're fighting actual Hellspawn, you are completely free to have absolutely zero moral consideration for the things that you're eviscerating. <laughs> yeah. Now let's take one step back. Now you're fighting Nazis. Yeah. This is this is no Bioshock. There's no decisions to be made here. <laughs> there, 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 there's no quandaries. <laughs> there's there's very little uh, moral ambiguity. Oh, boy. Um, then we got Microsoft. Um, not much here really struck my fancy. Mm. Um, some game announcements and such. Uh, I think the most interesting thing for me was the uh, uh, backward compatibility announcements. Yeah, <laughs> that was and, unexpected. And not necessarily so much as... I am happy that they are doing this so much as I am curious how much this will actually get used because there have been some people who would make the claim that, oh, you need backwards compatibility at launch so you can bring in your old uh, game library to be competitive in a new landscape. And there's also those who say that people actually don't use this very much, so it's really not worth it. It's not worth putting in the cost to maintain it. Yep. And uh, putting that cost on the consumers, it's better to make a cheaper product that will do what people will actually use it for. Yeah. Well, Sony's made that claim in a much less um, polite way <laughs> and they, with a lot less uh, effort to explain themselves. But that's sort of the claim they, they've tried to make um, indelicately. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering how many people out there are looking at their Xbox – X crate from whenever that original one came out library and, and wishing that they could. Um, there's certainly a few that come to, I mean, I was just looking at, um, it's so funny. Uh, I was just looking at star Wars Republic commando. I don't know if you remember that game mm. back in the day, squad based FPS it was on PC and original Xbox. And I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if I could get this on the console. And then I saw it was Xbox and I saw, Oh, I wonder if that'll hit the compatibility list yeah. for the Xbox One at some point. Uh, but you know that that's uh, that's one game, uh, and you know I I would think most people's first Xbox system was the 360. I, I just I, I think as a percentage of people who've got the Xbox One. Hmm. I don't know the. Uh, I don't know the numbers. It'd be, but, it'd be <laughs> interesting to check the sales numbers there, um, but. Uh, I don't feel like going to VG charts right now and uh, stopping our conversation <laughs> to check that one out. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just think that that we'll actually get some interesting um, measurements out of that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Money, man hours, and resources must must be dedicated to that process. Mm-hmm. They must be assuming that it's enough of a selling point, and Sony and their end are assuming it's not much of a selling point and are trying to convince people to play ps now <laughs> all i i mean it's it's five it's funny that that subject came up too recently like literally no one that knows it like there's no one in any degree of connection from anyone that i know uh and i've i've heard of other people doing this exercise that that has even tried ps now and that's what i haven't <laughs> yeah that's what's and I, I have to think you've got a wider degree of connections than i do industry-wide and yeah, I, I would ex- I would expect so. And yet that's there. Well, instead of backward compatibility, we're going to be the Netflix of of PS3 games. And I don't know. I've looked through that list, and I, I was not tempted. Um, but 
I don't know. I, I, I guess I guess when they get around to canceling it eventually, and <laughs> I expect they will at some point, we'll know uh, who's uh, you know who's who's got the right idea. Um, but yeah, it, it does seem odd. Um, I, I don't know how many new fans they're going to get from that. It's it's a nice it's a nice little surprise, but it, it, sometimes it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to figure how how it's actually going to pay off for them. Yeah. Anyway. You know, yeah, like, and that's yeah. and that's one of those tricks is, is like you said, it takes a lot of uh, um, uh, effort and time to, to support this stuff. And if you're going to put that much investment into it, you don't want it to be a uh, uh, you don't want to make the announcement and have the general reaction be, oh, that's nice. Yeah, uh, you know, and and paired against the opposite end of the scale, the completely obvious stuff like another Forza game, it, it you know it's nice to have a little bit of variety. Mm. Um, Metro was I'm not a Metro guy but that was a bit of a surprise um, and I know I know people who are big fans of that um, don't know I don't know a great deal about Metro but I, I, I hear it got a pretty good reaction mm-hmm. here's a here's a question for you and I know, I know you've said up front you're more of a GDC guy than an E3 guy but so Microsoft conference they show Assassin's Creed Origins uh which is set in ancient Egypt, and I think it's coming out in um, November or something. And it was uh, one of the highlights, I guess. Um, how is it that companies decide between one another who gets to show what when it's one of these sort of it's it's a Ubisoft game, but we want to show it on the Xbox? Like, is there some sort of a dance going on in the background and a negotiation about? Well, we want to save that for our big reveal, so you can't show it on on yours. Like, how, how does that? How does that work? I, and, hmm. and is there actually some sort of a science to that? Because sometimes I'll see something and go, hey, why wasn't that in so-and-so's conference? <laughs> <laughs> that that, that would have made their conference more interesting if they hadn't saved it for the other guys. Um, I've never been involved in one of those discussions, um, something where there was uh, multiple potential um, uh, applicable parties f- to present something. I would imagine that okay, here you got Ubisoft that could be on any number something. Um, I would imagine that it was handled as a. There may have been something contractual on the outset. Yeah. There yeah. may have been some uh, discussions and negotiations, sort of behind the scenes. Uh, probably not between Microsoft and and Sony, for example, on the outset, but yeah. You know, uh, Ubisoft is ready to present this at E3, um, and one or the other or both, uh, or you know, someone else maybe even would have um, requested that. Oh, can, can we include that in our presentation yeah. to help flesh ours out or something? Yeah. Not that they necessarily would have been anemic otherwise, but it, it the, like someone somewhere may have felt that it would fit in their presentation here. We are working with them so we can announce it here. There may be some other goodies associated with taking it out of, say, the Ubisoft presentation and putting it into the Microsoft presentation. They get, they, they exchange that for some premium placing in the uh, Xbox Live storefront or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the next level of exclusives. Like, there's exclusives where it only comes out on your system, and then there's exclusives where we get um, we we get to market it a little more closely to our system than the other guy. Or, and or rather, 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 uh, uh, a promise of 
superior placement in the storefront is an incentive for the developer yeah. or the publisher to play ball, you might say. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily a shady kind of quid pro quo, but it would be a quid pro quo of some sort. Yeah. Well, I've heard that said before. Like, I, I've literally heard something come out of a guy's mouth on stage that said, like, you know, if you want to play so and so, Xbox is the is the ideal place to play it. You know, that's those sorts of connections. <laughs> well, if you want to play Heihachi Mishima and Soul Calibur <laughs> Two, uh, the PlayStation yeah. was the place to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and back to pirates, <laughs> uh, Sea of Thieves. I, 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 Nick, did you know anything about this game before this reveal? I, this, I, I was just looking at this, going, "What is this?" Like, not in a bad way. Just, I had no idea that this was even a going concern. Uh, I was not aware of it. In fact, I had missed that until you just mentioned it. So, oh, the Sea of Thieves thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's another pirate game, and it, and it, it seems to be. Uh, I mean, there is combat in it. And it seems to be a lot of cooperative stuff going on with it, but it seems to be, you know, there's tr- a lot of more treasure hunting, tropical island exploration, and uh, gratuitous musket fire <laughs> mixed in. So, um, yeah, a, a little bit more whimsical than the uh, the game we talked about before, but uh, mm. I don't know. You, you're the pirate, 2017, I guess. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, if this were... If this were Hero Talk, there'd be a clip of, of Lazy Town's You Are a Pirate, or, or the Alestorm version of it, but we wouldn't I, we wouldn't want to run into any, yeah. like, uh, takedown notices. Other one and, and I'm Sorry, sorry, one thing. For, for anyone who's familiar with the You Are a Pirate song and aren't aware of Alestorm, Alestorm is a group that is pirate metal and did a cover of You Are a Pirate. It's tremendous. Um, the the other one that sort of caught my eye, um, well, okay, we 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 have to mention the Minecraft 4K. <laughs> Just <laughs> I I literally laughed out loud when I heard that. I was like, of all the things that would need a 4K treatment, like when <laughs> when you when you picture pixelated blocky in your mind, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Like Minecraft is right there, and four K plus Minecraft together. I, I mean I had, It almost I goes had, against the concept of Minecraft. I once heard it, it described as it can run on yeah, a toaster. Yeah, it you're you're right. It, it sorta of does and look it it looks pretty enough, you know, but I have to wonder, is that not sort of <laughs> running against the grain of what <laughs> of what Minecraft is all about when you like increase the fidelity <laughs> of Minecraft? Like it's it's like it's like doing chip tunes with a symphony orchestra <laughs> or something. It's just <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm I'm sure it'll do fine, and it, and it is a, a, I guess they're calling it an update, right? Uh, uh, upgrade, whatever. But which would imply that it's optional. But still, it, weird. Well, I mean, uh, th- this actually kind of touches on a, a another topic uh, that might even be uh, good for another discussion at another time. But the the short version of it is, you know. Uh, when you have one medium, you have a tendency to try to increase its resolution, and you might increase its resolution faster than the consumers are actually interested in, yeah. which opens up, uh, um, uh, uh, creates an opening. If if you have too high a resolution, you're bringing on baggage with cost or infrastructure or something. Um, yeah. And that leaves an opening for something that's more convenient. So while we have, you know, 
really high end you know your your final fantasies with super high end graphics and and resolution and whatnot okay that's great you got there or you know uh, uh, Skyrim with huge expansive worlds and crazy load times and stuff. And, uh, okay, yeah. well, how about something that can play on anything and is very accessible and so there you get your uh, your Minecraft. Kind of yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's got to be one of the most puzzling visual upgrade decisions I've seen since the uh, light speed up, like, upgrade to... Uh, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. Like, who was asking for this visual upgrade? I thought Tomb Raider looked fine. <laughs> like a year later, they're like, "Oh, you haven't seen nothing yet. <laughs> we're we're gonna mess with Laura to the point where you you can't even recognize her anymore. She's been so upgraded." I'm like, Dude, I, I was <laughs> I was fi- I was fine with this game like 14 months ago. What? Why? <laughs> uh, uh. I don't know. Weird one, uh, and we'll get uh, visual upgrades will come up again dur- again during the Sony uh, yeah. uh, discussion as well. But uh, I don't know. Life is Strange was mentioned during the Microsoft one. There was a. Uh, I, I, do you know anything about the Shadow of War game? This middle this new Middle Earth game. I I have to admit I I'm not really up on on that either. That that one. I don't I don't know much about it other than it was a, it's a sequel to Shadow of Mordor or something that I've wanted to play and haven't been able to put much yeah, time into it. since it came out because I have yeah. limited amounts of time in my life. Yeah. Uh Hell, Ori and the Will of the Wisps is a sequel to another game I'm interested in trying and haven't had time for. Yeah, uh, that you're right, that is a sequel. Ori and the Blind yeah. Forest, I think it was. Yeah. Uh State of Decay two looks like they've definitely taken that game to the next level. I I don't know. I I wasn't really super familiar with the other one, but I I have to admit, as I was watching the reveal, I was like, this seems like a more advanced state of decay. (laughs) Sure enough, that's what it was. So it's always nice when the advertising uh, leads you there. Um, By by, by the way, just going back to Minecraft a little bit, I love it. I see this list here of of, uh, games they announced, and they're they're listing if they're exclusive or non-exclusive, and is Minecraft non-exclusive. <laughs> really? No kidding. no kidding, huh? Thanks for that. <laughs> I suppose you had to say that for sake of completeness, but Jesus. Uh, um, Talk about I, that I, ship has sailed. I guess the consensus highlight for... Um, well, EA announced Anthem earlier, and then footage closed... Am I right that footage closed the Microsoft... One? Is that how they... I'm not sure. Yeah, but, I, uh... I know that the Anthem stuff was sort of spread over to um, two shows, but um, I, I didn't actually see much of it. I keep I keep getting told that it looks like Destiny with jetpacks. Um, I, and I know that's being a bit unfair. Um, the, other, the other joke that keeps coming up is, uh, so, the, so this is where Bioware's animation team all got... All got seconded to. No wonder no one was available to work on Mass Effect Andromeda. They, they, they were too busy making this game look amazing. Yeah, there's, um, there's probably some uh, additional conversation that can be had about the uh, the Andromeda animations because I think that's another one of those things. that's a case study where you can look into the, like people can blame stuff really easy, but there's there's more stuff going on behind the scenes than most people pay attention to. Yeah. Well, regardless, it's pretty clear that. If they want, you know, you want to make a game with amazing facial animations. Here's proof that it's possible to do it in in the current year. 
Um, I I don't know. I'm a bit – I I get a bit sad when I see this Anthem game because I see it as, you know – it's like it's Bioware's just decided to give up on, you know – well, not give up. Okay, they've thrown all in on Dragon. Dragon Age is where they're going to do the story-driven RPG stuff that we know them for, and Anthem is just a new thing that I don't really associate with Bioware that seems to me like proof positive that the old Bioware is is definitely on the way out. This this is not a Bioware game by any stretch if it's you know squad driven, uh, and I'm I'm sure there will be a story in it, but I, I just don't see how it's going to feel like a, a typical Bioware story on the backdrop of a Destiny style gameplay, hmm. um, but I, I don't know. I, I it certainly looks interesting, um, but I don't know the the stuff that that grabbed me more was a lot of the smaller sort of stuff at the Microsoft Microsoft conference, like that last night trailer was amazing. I'd not even heard of that before. Yeah, um, uh, that was actually one thing I was I was going to mention too was uh, that that game the. the <laughs> One of the first things I saw about it was people noticing stuff that the uh, uh, was it the studio head said on on uh, Twitter in the past. Oh, the like, creative director, yeah yeah, 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 that guy, and you know what he believes, and and the thing is that he didn't even present certain things about uh, what he believed. He hmm. said this is what the game is about, which yeah, means which that is it odd. is directly uh, representing the product. Which, in turn, I mean, and, and, and this is why you can have, uh, this is why community managers are important because they can help prevent you from doing stupid things. Yeah. To be blunt. Because, again, this is another example of, uh, not really managing your image properly. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to say stuff fairly or not, the fairness doesn't matter with this. Uh, if you're going to say something controversial, and especially if you're going to say something controversial and say that this is a part of your product, that is going to affect the customer base's uh, reception of your product. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says that uh, those statements don't reflect him anymore. I don't know. I think I saw someone saying that there were posts as recently as November of uh, last year mm-hmm. uh, along these lines. Um, I haven't looked into it yet more than that, but again, it's it's just like our conversation that we had about uh, JonTron, you know? Yeah. It's, it's it's about managing. It's important to manage your own image properly, and if if in your own image you want to say things like that, then you know have at it. But you know, the the customers are not beholden to simply accept it. Yeah. Know? It's interesting because I think on the strength of the trailer alone, it would have been by far the most talked about sort of uh, indie – well, I don't know if indie is the right word for it. But um, it's not a AAA-looking release, mm-hmm. and I think I think just on the strength of that really amazing-looking trailer, it, it, it outshone a lot of the other stuff. Like, uh, Well, to, I mean I barely noticed any of the stuff about Ashen or um, – Deep Rock Galactic or, or other games that I didn't admittedly know very much about anyway. So uh, I think I think the trailer could have spoken for itself. Um, but yeah, yeah, they certainly did have a lot of. Con- I, I have to give them credit. Microsoft had a lot of content crammed into their. Looks their like time. it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Especially when I when I went through Sony's 
There was basically one thing that stood out really important to me, and I didn't give a crap about anything else. Yeah, well, we can dive into that if you want. <laughs> what, yeah, it what, seems like what, the next what was step the one that What was the one that grabbed you? Oh, this is the, the one This I... is the only one that I saw start to finish, by the way. I, uh. I, I, so I, I can actually speak to this one in a fair amount of detail. Sure. Uh, unsurprisingly, it's the one I tweeted about, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and... so speaking of visual upgrades... <laughs> <laughs> It 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 better be true to the original, or I'm going to be pissed. Like I really like Shadow of the Colossus, but I'm still not going to sit there and and just buy it first thing or anything. You know, I mean, you've talked on um, Point Streak about pre-order culture. I am not a pre-order culture yeah. person. I don't care. I will wait to see what the reception is, and if people say this is not faithful, I will not get it. If it is yeah. faithful, then yeah. I will get it. <laughs> We've been, we've been burned before. I mean, we've had a visual remake. Uh, well, let's just take two examples of highly beloved games. We got Silent Hill, and uh, <laughs> oh my, and God. we've got uh, Metal Gear: The Twin Snakes. Hey, I didn't uh, mind which, the Twin Snakes. Yeah, but it still had changes that were not faithful that they didn't need to make that pissed a certain number of people off. And and this is a game, Shadow of the Colossus, that I think it's even more important that they don't, as you said, sort of get the spirit of it wrong or the – I mean, the, you got to – the controls need to be spot on. Uh, you, you screw any uh, – that's a game that, that, that the strength of every piece of it adds to the, the whole, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not the, a delicate way to say it, but – yeah. You screw up anything about the presentation or tone of that game, and it's no longer Shadow of the Colossus. So I'm I'm with you. That, I that's, mean, even that's... even if they make Wander look less clumsy, you know those <laughs> those little bits where he stumbles or yeah. make his control tighter because mm-hmm. it's part of the point. Like he's not some action hero guy. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a dude who's going through hell right now. You yeah, know? everything about those. You're right. Everything about those controls is important. And if they screw any of it up, uh, I mean, what's another example? There was a game. Oh, um, so uh, you ever play Flashback back in the day, the Delphine or, or the French developed games? Uh, F- Flashback and Out of This World. Out of This World was, I think, the same company. I have played Out of This World a little bit, like a demo. Yeah, so Flashback. But I, I, def- was, I definitely am familiar with that one. Yeah, yeah, that one made big, big waves back in the day and is still yeah. well regarded these days. So very tight little controls, very unforgiving game, but in a good way, you know. Like you had to really learn the run, the, the runs, the jumps, when to duck, when to get out of the way of the obstacles. It, it was it was fun. Uh, the, they made a remake of it a little while ago, and they screwed up the one thing that you couldn't screw up. The controls. Mm-hmm. They they have la- like laggy controls. Like so, imagine a game where you you, you know you have, there's like five elements that make it the perfect work of art that it is, and if you scrub any of them, so this is a tall order. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I get why. I mean, this is a touchstone game for so many people. This is a license to print money. If not quite on a Final C Final Fantasy VII level, but if they get it right, this is just gonna sell one for one <laughs> with people yeah, who I, love the game with, with uh, people who uh, love the game that's the important caveat is is that yeah. this is something that can keep going it's it's the most prestige title possibly in the history of video games hmm. uh, and uh, i i do think it might grab some new 
people, new customers, just on reputation alone. Too. Well, it's so probably going to get some people buying it who weren't born yet when it originally came out on the PS2. You know, <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, let's yeah. And and hopefully it's faithful and it wows them and it shows them what you know yeah. video games as storytelling can be because Jesus Christ I mean there's there's basically no dialogue in Shadow of the Colossus I mean aside yeah. from the voice telling you where to go uh, but very little in the way of of narrative dialogue um, yeah and it's all told with action presentation and feeling and it's and 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 animation and all that like yeah. You get a bond with the horse. Yeah. I mean, it. I, 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 I may have mentioned this before, but uh, I was once visiting with Judge Greg, and, and we were messing around, and uh, we're, I had Shadow of the Colossus with me. It's not a super long game. We went through it, and, you know, he, he, he actually enjoyed just watching me play the game. Yeah. And he got emotionally invested in the well-being of the horse. That's the, just as that's an observer. the strength. That's yeah. the strength of a good single-player game that, yeah. that can be a, cu- a couch-observing ob- type game like that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that definitely jumped out at me, too. I'm, I'm with you, Nick. That was probably the, the the highlight, just in terms of the, like, uh, the, the stakes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, if, if, if I would imagine that Fumito Ueda is not involved in this, so, hmm. and it's and it's supposed to be a remake you know, not just a visual upgrade or a re-release or something. So, yeah, the potential for messing it up is certainly there. Yeah, I'm uh, probably my number two one that jumped out at me. Uh, and in terms of games that I actually would get, and uh, is the Spider-Man game. Now, mm. I don't know about you, but uh, I really liked the Arkham Asylum, and Arkham City sort of proved that you could take that formula and make it open-worldy in a really interesting way that grabbed me a lot. Uh, even if I thought the writing in Arkham City, uh, Arkham Asylum was tighter, and I remember back then thinking to myself, and even in the last few years, I, I, I think there was a, a hero talk that we did, uh, sorry, a, a point streak that we did on the Arkham series, where Greg and I, in particular, were wondering why has someone out there not just lifted the mechanics and sort of gameplay from Bat from Batman Arkham series and applied it to an obvious other superhero character and spider-man was sort of top of the list of ones that it would be obvious i mean i mean what's the the right trigger that or the right bumper where you just shoot the bat hook straight up and fly Mm -hmm. into the ceiling that has got spider-man written all over it so it's astounding to me that it took as long as it did for this to translate to other superheroes uh Granted, this is a, a Marvel character. Not that that should matter, <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, it looks like it could be amazing. There's a little bit too much, and I, I'm, I don't know if you're with me on this, but there's a little bit too much of the uh, timed event type thing going on. Uh, what quick time event? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you, I, I always got to be careful with quick time yeah. events or mission timers or what. You, you you can't let any of those things be too wash, rinse, repeat. The, you know, any of this stuff, you got to design it in a way to be engaging. But that's a, yeah. practically a tautology for video games. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that there's not as much of that as the trailer seems to suggest. But 
when I looked at just the basics of him sneaking up on a group full of guy in masks, which again just screamed Arkham, <laughs> guys with machine guns and funny masks and Spider-Man taking them out, like that was like that's what sold it to me more than mm-hmm. anything else. Was, wow, okay, yeah, I can see how he could use his different abilities and Peter Parker being the clever, clever clogs that he is that would come up with new, new and inventive ways to use webbing and all that stuff. It, uh-huh. it, it almost right, and the and the skyscraper swinging shit. It almost writes itself. It's just, it's sort of astounding to me that it took as long as it did for this to come out. But saying all that, the game could still suck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could still be terrible. Uh, so I'm tentatively excited about it, but the concept. I mean, I'm sold in the concept, for sure. I'm still not going to pre-order it because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I've, I've I've learned my lesson, uh, but I, I, I'm I'm tentatively uh, excited for it. And and I I think that this is a formula that could work for a lot of other you know games like Dare, uh, like Greg and I. I think it personally would like an Arrow and Daredevil game, respectively. And and at this point, I think there's you know there's there's all sorts of reasons for the TV and otherwise for them to do it, but you know the bad old days of bad comic book movie game tie-ins are what four, five six years in the past, and I don't know. I, I on the one hand, I'm excited about the possibilities, but how many how many bad comic book tie-in games have been released in recent like in, in the not recent history, but go back five ten years. And you can just wade through tons of them. So mm. I don't know. Tentatively excited. Uh, I, I would have hoped that Arkham would have released the floodgates on great uh, on great games like that. And um, I know that, like Greg, you were pro- you were a uh, City of Heroes guy, I think, oh, yeah. back oh, in yeah. the day. So you you you've probably been quietly hopeful yourself. Um, but yeah, I don't know that. I, I don't know what your thoughts on on the the gameplay trailer but i i was i <laughs> well, was impressed here, here's one comment i have is if you're going to take this uh this uh, uh game engine or style and apply it to arrow then then i don't see how you would be able to fit in lying to someone to try to protect them from something they should know yeah <laughs> and if you're going to put it into uh uh i suppose the same thing applies to daredevil for that matter or the i guess the, yeah i don't know I've I've gotten through the first two seasons of Daredevil, and honestly, my favorite bits are the debates with Foggy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you what was it a hero talk? I think you were on talking about uh, uh, season one. See uh, the there was just the one episode where it's pretty much all uh, Matt and Foggy talking to oh, each other, and you yeah, guys hated yeah. that. That was actually my favorite episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I. I hated it. I hated it. Not to get off on a tangent, because it it's trying to reduce what were in the comics years and years of their relationship to like uh, twenty minutes of that episode, mm. uh, and it and it felt like they were just trying to rush their way through it. Like in the comics, that relationship is a lot more satisfying, and it happens in a lot more of a a, a languid, long pace. Um, it's it's a That's lot fair. of whining and hurt feelings packed into <laughs> forty minutes of television. Um, but yeah, I I mean I'm 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 coming at it from a, a guy who reads the comics re- religiously. I, I That's some fair. of my compatriot some of my compatriots on the show were coming at it from the perspective of that's the fat kid from from Mighty Ducks and I hate him anyway. So. <laughs> wow, well, I came into that without any of that the, any of that baggage on either side. <laughs> Well, fair, fair enough, fair enough. 
So, um, uh, anything else I, I on Sony, bit, or shall we move on to Nintendo? I, I was a bit bemused about God of War. I mean, I, <laughs> I think it's I think it's interesting that they're going back to the God of War well in a in a in a different way. But to, I mean, one of one of my friends, I, I can't remember who said, "Is this just God of War?" Because we ran out of other gods, we've got to go Norse on it. Or, <laughs> I mean, I, that's not a that's not a completely unreasonable thing to say, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know it. The gameplay, I I, di- I didn't like the old God of War games, Nick. So I don't I don't know that I'm the best person to ask. Uh, are you a a David Cage guy? Did this uh, Detroit thing grab you at all? I I, I don't know. I I've never played any of those uh, previous uh, Quantic ent- entries, so I, I don't know what to say about this. It looks like it could be interesting. Yeah, I've um, I've uh, my answer to that is a little weird because I've worked with someone who worked on uh, I think it was the first one uh, Indigo Prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, uh, I have, I was intrigued with the demo for Heavy Rain, um, yep. and I also saw, uh, Nerd Cubes take down of Beyond Two Souls, Souls. I think, it was, where it's like, there, it, it, it made it clear that this game is more of a tour than an interactive story. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, you have to do this. There, there yeah. is no choice. Even if you're not screwing things around, people are going to act like you're going out of control. And yeah, I get Beyond Two Souls and Beyond Good and Evil mixed up in my head all the time. By the way, and believe me, that I believe that, is that, that, that two, sounds fair to me. That's two games. It's hard to reconcile when you see them side by side. But uh, yeah, I, I oh, oh oh oh. Uh, uh, hopefully, you don't have to. There's um. Those two games, both called Brothers. There's Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons and Brothers something or other else. It's like oh. th- those get confusing as hell. The, the the other one that's like this, uh, the other Brothers one is this faux uh, Game Boy uh, retro oh. game. Thing, okay. I think. But yeah. Anyhow, um, Call of Duty going back to World War Two to me is just like, well, they had to do it eventually. Ho-hum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe they saw the the World War One thing and thought, well, we can't do that because we'd be <laughs> copying it. But let's go back to our roots. I I don't know. I just can't bring myself to care. Uh, I I don't play those competitive shooters. I I, I think they bring out the worst. And I think they bring out the worst of gaming gamers, gaming and consumers all in one neat little package. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 I know that sounds hyperbolic, but you know, if Call of Duty was just to go away, uh, I, I think it would solve a, a lot of problems. Uh, I, I, I did Horizon Zero Dawn expansion. I, mean, I expected that they would announce that. Um, I, I mean, given that it's a Sony property and they were going to try and wrench more out of it. Uh, Days Gone, I don't know. I, I, I prefer slow zombie genre. I don't <laughs> know if that makes me a... <laughs> a snob but when i see zombies running at like you know top like usain bolt speed i i just <laughs> i i it was interesting the way that half-life 2 in in the whole ravenholm thing managed to sort of do every zombie genre in one neat little package in a, in a way that i did, did sort of enjoy but i i i for myself, I prefer the the shambling sort of zombie thing, and and Days Gone. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it looks like it be, could be interesting. I think open world has been done to death. I'm sure that you and I could do a whole friggin' show on that. We we did it on Point Streak once, and I, yeah. I don't think 
I don't think we went nearly cynical enough, so I could probably <laughs> use your. I don't think I. Could, not that you're cynical, Nick, but I. <laughs> I think I could use your help to to do a bit of a more deep dive into into the obsession with open world again. But um, I don't know. I it's it's hard to do tight storytelling and open world together in one game in a pleasing way. And yeah. I I don't know. Maybe this game will pull it off, but. That's the same. It's the same struggle there between um, uh, player agency and uh, uh, trying to follow a narrative structure. It's yeah. difficult. It's difficult to marry both of them together, and that's one of the reasons why it's difficult to transfer a video game property to a movie. Yeah, because your storytelling uh, method isn't the same. And hell, yeah. from there you can kind of go back to how Shadow of the Colossus is such a great example of storytelling through video games. Yeah. I don't have any opinion on Monster Hunter or uh, uh, Uncharted either. I, I thought Uncharted was going away, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. That that was Sony. Uh, yep. Trailers tra- with applause. <laughs> Not again. It's it's the kind of thing where you know we get a bunch of announcements and trailers and stuff. It's just like they save it all up and put it all out at the same time. So there's a bunch of stuff you can talk about. But is any of this really earth shaking? Yeah, I don't know. Not really. GDC will usually give you something to chew on. I I don't want to go off on a tangent again, but I feel (laughs) – I I own a PS4 now, but like I feel like my PS4 is becoming this – my PS4 is just this little excuse to not upgrade my PC. (laughs) No, seriously. Like I I find myself going, well, I can just get that on PS4. (laughs) Or, you know, like, I can't run that on my PC because my PC is five years old, but I could just get it on PS4. Like, and if I had the PC, I literally would, that, that's, I would be buying it on the PC. Nine times out of ten. In turn, that's one of the strengths of a console is you have a set, um, spec that everyone designs for and things will run on it and there you go. You don't and I don't have to, have to worry about it, you know. I just yeah. it's there, you know. Um, Unless this whole point five generation stuff starts going crazy. Yeah, and I I bought a pro, uh, and I I and I bought it because it was one terabyte, not for any other reason than that. And hmm. but I I do wonder, you know, at what point I don't own an Xbox, and I, at this point I well, I suppose we should talk about that if you wanted to dive into the the X a little bit, like I I. Don't see any personal reason to go for an X. Uh, I, I don't care about 4K. This teraflop stuff to me sounds like a made-up word that <laughs> that doesn't actually exist. That everyone's waiting for us to to find out that it's a fake thing. But I don't know. I mean, do you see this making like closing the gap on Sony? Does who cares about this stuff? Is the, is there a person out there that actually does it? Well, the, that's know. that's one of the. Um... 4K, they might be trying to future-proof it. Uh, when I had Steven on, he, we were talking a little bit about some of this stuff, and it's like, yeah, well, the, the, the video processing is twice as powerful as uh, as the previous generation. Uh, hmm, twice as powerful. It's almost like they're trying to operate two monitors, <laughs> one for each eye. I wonder what that could be used for, you know? So yeah. it might be a case of um, they were setting it up to try to be, you know, this VR... Uh, you know, souped up to make it super VR ready, and um, yeah, VR hasn't taken off the way they wanted it to, so they're kind of pivoting their rhetoric to be look at the specs. Yeah, 
Not that I VR guess. is going to die or nothing, but uh, you know, I've said before that, and and so's extra credits pointed this out too in one of theirs. You know, the, as a as a platform, VR has a, a pretty good uh, headwind to work into. You know, there's <laughs> it's it's not a slam dunk of new technology right there. Yeah, um, I can't find a single thing about EA's conference that I found interesting. No, uh, I, I, I I literally went through a whole bunch of headlines and I didn't even see anything about EA. Yeah, I mean I I could care less about Battlefront. It I'm annoyed that Star Wars is in EA's hands by and large, but you know what are you gonna do? Um, we go through phases of good Star Wars games, and this one may may not be one of them. Well, I mean uh, if Matt- you're really into Star Wars games, then uh, since Disney took over, at least we're getting Star Wars games. Well, yeah, at, at, at least they're coming out at all. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, um, I, I happen to be aware that when that takeover happened, you know, there were actually, I believe, at least one, if not more than one, projects that were pretty much done that got shelved. Yeah, yeah the, what was the one about the Undercity and Coruscant or uh, whatever? 13, 13. Yeah. I think that one got killed before that, though. Oh, did it? Okay, I thought it was further far along but eh. no that uh the lucas had a bad tendency lucas arts had a bad tendency of getting projects pretty far in and then uh just canceling it hmm. i'm sure not all of them were uh unreasonable but the ratio seems odd so yeah. like i say if you're really into star wars games now you're actually going to get some yeah who's to say whether they'll <laughs> be for good or for good or ill but uh um, uh, speaking of brothers, I noticed that the uh, that the the makers of that game are apparently making a Prison Break type game. Yeah, uh, yeah. With the under under EA's auspices, a lot of sports stuff here and driving stuff here. I don't care too much about uh, Battlefields. I guess they're just adding to that game, given that it's done well. I guess that's that makes sense that they would add stuff like you know entire countries that weren't freaking there before, which I don't <laughs> understand. You know, skins, fellows. How hard is it to make a skin? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm with you. I just didn't see much there that I cared about. Um, I mean, not not to say that I saw a ton on the remaining one here, which is, I think, who's left here? Is it Nintendo? Is that Nintendo? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I certainly saw some stuff. What was the highlight for you uh, for for Nintendo? Well, I mean, we mentioned Mario and Rabbids. That one was kind of a crossover, clearly. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, Super Mario Odyssey, we already knew a bit about that. Yeah. Uh, we learned yeah. about the uh, uh, possessing mechanic thing, which, <laughs> yeah. which honestly looks like a hoot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, he can possess a T-Rex. I, I can't remember who made the joke, but somebody somebody on Twitter was saying that this was like Omicron, Nomad Souls, and Mario crossover, which I thought was pretty funny. Or uh, uh, <laughs> I saw someone someone else put out, uh, out a thing. It's like, you know, The Legend of Zelda. This is not Zelda. This is Link. Metroid. <laughs> this is not Metroid. This is Samus. Yeah. Mario. This is not Mario. This is a hapless plumber. The cap is Mario. <laughs> Yeah. Uh Cat I mean, just Metroid, possesses different people. Yeah. The Metroid Prime certainly got uh, a big buzz for, for, for how little it actually consisted of, but Sure. Uh, uh well at least we, we also know that there's a Metroid two remake in the works which puts the uh you know mm. 
forcing the takedown of uh, AM2R, the another Metroid 2 remake fan project, having that get taken down makes yeah. a fair bit more sense because there's the point where you're like, yeah. okay, Metroid 2 is practically abandonware at this point, which makes it look yeah. pretty pretty petty that you would have a takedown order. Oh, there's a remake okay, coming out? Why. Oh, that, that that would directly impact your business then. Okay, I... You so know. this is this is Sam Return of Samus straight up, right? Is that what they're? That's my they're... understanding. Is it's pretty yeah. much a remake of uh, Metroid Two: The Return of Samus, similar to Metroid yeah. Zero Mission was a remake of the original Metroid. Yeah, and Fire Emblem Warriors. I think that that was sort of teased <coughs> previously. Uh, I think. Mm. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. And it, Pokemon stuff. Uh, I mean, of course they had to do more Pokemon stuff. I'm actually surprised they didn't announce more. But yeah. Kirby. The other one that really stuck out to me here was um, uh, Breath of the Wild is getting DLC, and Nintendo getting DLC just feels weird. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I further mean, you're than what we do were it, saying earlier. I mean, if you're going to do it, Breath of the Wild is, is the one to start on, I suppose. It just it, it, it really feels weird. But it, it does. I'm with you. But just imagine how weird it'll feel if they do it for a Mario game. Like, that's going to feel just outright skeevy, you know? Like, <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> yeah... Imagine Mario 64 going around the castle and seeing like a lot, you know, where all the the the, the screens are that you jump through to the yeah. levels, and seeing a big locked door with like a paywall in front of it, like that that would just be a like, you know. Well, I'm I mean, done. and that's the other thing. If you're gonna do a DLC for it, it'd be an empty wall that you pay for it, and now there's a picture there. <laughs> and you jump through that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Odyssey looks like it's going to be a freaking one-to-one seller, and that's the Nintendo specialty. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, we've talked we talked about it a bit on Point Streak, but uh, that this combined some of these stuff combined with the rumors about what the the online setup might actually be. I, I you know, I could see myself getting a Switch at the end of the year if they keep this up. You know, I yeah. I, I mean, that goes back to the whole um, uh, PlayStation Go streaming thing. I mean, yeah, is is that how, how does that compare to what Nintendo seems to be working toward? I don't know. There yeah. were there were services that were trying to be. Uh, uh, I mean, there were there. Is GameFly still around? They were trying to do the mail Netflix thing oh, with games. And I'm sure was, they are. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there was. Oh, I can't remember the name of any of them, but there were two or three. You know, remote processing streaming gameplay services. You know, you you get time yeah. on a server that runs the game and you're running your own instance kind of a thing. Yeah, I it'll be interesting. I mean, bigger is better with these old libraries. Like I I want to see it I I want to see it huge and I want to see them making an effort to add to it constantly. I IE completely the opposite to how they used to do it. Like they mm. need to reinvent their whole mindset when it comes to this stuff because they've been really shitty stewards of their own libraries in the past. And you know, then they make deals with TurboGrafx 16 and friggin' Sega and stuff to to manage their libraries, and they fumble that too. Hmm. Like, if you're gonna do it, do it right. Like, if you're gonna make these analogies with Netflix, like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't don't do some like bogged down, crappy Canadian version of Netflix where half of the good stuff is. <laughs> and I I, I I know wherever I speak, uh, that that's not as good as the real thing. Do it right, and that price point that that gets rumored that twenty. I mean, I heard that twenty. Did you hear that twenty dollar a year rumor? Yeah, yeah. If that's for real, that's like, I'm I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Hell, twenty dollars a year for like 
even if it was just the entire Nintendo library, the original NES library, you yeah. know, I'd be there. If that included yeah. SNES, oh, hell I, yeah, I'm there. That's a system I'll seller, never, I'll never even think about an, an emulator again yeah. at that point, you know? And, and I've, it's not that I've given it serious thought, but every once in a while I do think to myself, well, why do they not pick up this money laying on the ground? Well, I mean, uh, again, that might be what the whole point of the NES Classic was, just to, to yeah. see what the demand was, and the demand was overwhelming. Be like, okay, yeah. yeah, now we know what the price point we want to set for NES support is. Yeah. And hell, maybe it'd be like $20 a year for NES access. An additional thirty dollars a year yeah. for SNES access. Yeah. Hey, remember that, that. little that's, box? That's still that, a good deal. Remember that little box with the cords that were too short on it that had like fifty games on it that you wanted? Here's twenty dollars. Here pays twenty dollars a year, and we'll give you ten times the amount of games on a system that that you know work, displays them a little more properly. I mean, that's not a bad deal if that's yeah. the way they're going to go. And it, they they really should just unturn every rock out there in terms of libraries of other systems. You know. Uh, there's really no reason why everyone shouldn't be tapping them on the shoulder, you yeah. know, to be a part of it. Uh, the Sega is the well, I almost said Konami there, but <laughs> they are <laughs> not, not capable. <laughs> uh, you know, that would require a savvy decision. But there's a lot of other uh, sensible companies out there, um, like just like Capcom. Like, imagine how many good Capcom games they could put on that system if they, if they if they put their heads together. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's and then on top of that, the system also plays all this new stuff that looks so impressive. impressive. It, it it could really work. Yeah, uh, and this is the idea. Of this we're we're back at a point here where it feels like we're talking about the, the the concepts we're talking about are what got me interested in the the Wii with the Virtual Console. It's like it sounds like they're yeah. actually doing what I thought they were going to do then. But yeah. again, that's the kind of thing where it's like I'll wait till I see it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but. In theory, <laughs> it, this could really work. Um, and there's a Kirby game there and uh, a few other things, but yeah, yeah Rocket it, it, League's stuff. coming to the Switch. Yeah, that's that's obvious. Uh, and, and also, I'm I'm seeing a lot of um, I don't know if you're seeing this because you're not as much of a Steam guy as, as I am. I don't know why we beat on that horse every time we we do this, but uh, I mean it's not like you don't play PC games. You're just not as you, you don't have this like shameful uh, Steam back catalog that I do, and more power to you. But uh, I'm finding these games that I I've either had on my wish list for a while or are sequels to games. I'll give you a good example: The Fall. For ex- uh, that's a sequel of a game that I loved on Steam. I watched the trailer, and what do I see? Coming to Steam and Switch. I'm thinking, well, huh. <laughs> interesting. You know, I I could see indie indie titles with sort of simple controls working well on a on a system like that. Uh, why why not? I mean, particularly if Nintendo isn't completely soaking you for the right to put your game on the system. Uh, why not? Why wouldn't a developer of a game that's sort of that you know small to medium tier make the leap? Uh, yeah, you know, only, particularly the, the only way that that. <laughs> Crossing platforms uh, isn't always free if, for example, the Switch had some quirks that made it difficult to port to. Then, yeah. You know, but if if it's running on you know relatively standard Android architecture, then yeah. one would figure that it shouldn't be difficult to support. But, I, you know, maybe they did something else. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, that, that's just one example. I've actually seen a few titles like that that are sort of modest 
titles that would be uh, either typical PC games or sort of console sale bargain bin type games that are finding their way too, and I, I think that's brilliant. That's that's another sort of tier that they could uh, that they could look at. I, I'm you know I don't think Switch is ever going to compete with PC when it comes to availability of indie titles, but uh, why not make some furtive sort of steps in that in that direction? There's there's really no reason why they couldn't if they make it developer friendly and, and yeah. are able to overcome some of those o- obstacles that you've um, you know enlightened me about in the past. You know, it, just don't build a Sega Saturn, in other words, like, <laughs> make it make it so that people can actually develop for your system in, in a way that they don't have to pull their hair out and uh, and they'll come and and give it a shot at least, you know. Hopefully, you gotta you gotta present it to them. But anyhow, that's kind of a whole other different <laughs> that's a whole side of the account. business there. Yeah. But uh, uh, as far as E3 one? goes, <laughs> I think we've had enough tangents for today. <laughs> yeah. What uh, one f- sort of final question for me on E3? So you know, the the focus is obviously on the big boys. Uh, where does one sort of find the the low volume? smaller stuff that comes out of e3 where like is there sort of stuff that gets lost in in the 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 huge hype explosions from the big boys that's there that's and and where would one find it i I, and if that if there is an answer to that i i wonder what am i missing out on potentially from these events Uh uh i guarantee you there's plenty of booths and demos that have not had much in the way of headlines (laughs) associated with them yeah i i absolutely guarantee you there's been Mm. project I'm pretty sure that projects I've worked on in the past have had booths at E3 and did not really make headlines. So, yeah, there's going to be stuff there. How do you find out about it? Um, Other than going? (laughs) Should we be watching, like, show floor videos of, like, you know, people that are sort of below that Angry Joe tier that might be wandering around filming stuff, like, on YouTube? Is that where we would find it? Or do we need to go to specialty websites? Because I... I do wonder, you know, what what am I missing out on from a, as a consumer and an interested party? Because uh, you know, when I look, when I just Google E3 2017, I'm seeing. Well, you can imagine what I'm seeing. <laughs> it's the, it's the big stuff at the expense of everything else. Yeah, and and that's and that's one of the other tricks about it is because because it is such a big marketing heavy thing, and everyone's going to be putting money into the big demos, and all the big demos are then going to grab all the headlines, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're just trying to get there to get some exposure. You know, if you just got like one small booth or a, a, a kiosk of some sort or something, yeah, uh, yeah, you're not gonna you're gonna get walk up business and not much else because all of the attention, all of the reporters are gonna go. They're gonna want to get their time on on the big things because that's probably gonna drive more hits. That's probably yeah. gonna get more eyeballs. Um, if you had say like a floor plan and then kind of looked out what was going up there. That might be the most direct way to do it is if you could do that. Um, I don't know. There's probably so much going on there that if you were doing like floor show videos, they they probably wouldn't even hit everything. And, you know, then you're starting to get the smaller things, which is going to be a bit more niche and probably wouldn't keep attention as well. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's Mm. one of the things that I find so, that's what really compromises E3 for me, at least as far as my level of interest in it, is yeah. issues like that happen. There's so much big announcements that for someone in my position are just kind of, okay, there's another title, there's another title, there's another yeah. title, 
show me something new and interesting and and there's not a whole ton of it because mm-hmm. anything that would be particularly new or interesting is probably going to be in those smaller booths. Yeah. So, I mean, if you wanted to to I mean, <sighs> I think the best advice, I suppose, would be if you can find uh some reporter or personality who's going whose tastes or it can be multiple whose tastes reflect some of yours and you trust them to search out some of these smaller things. So yeah, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe an angry Joe. I, I'm a, I, I know that's of a bad, him. It's I, a bad I example. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't really think of any personalities off the top of my head that would, uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, if there were a pogs game and Jim Sterling were going, you'd expect him to f- f- scoop that out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean that's that's my best advice. Actually, this is probably a better question to ask Marco since he's been yeah. there several times. So yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, I'll I'll see I'll uh, I'll see if I can ask him, and maybe I'll put it uh, any advice he has in the show notes below. So yeah, if you see some out of context quotes from Marco in uh, in the description of this episode. Uh, I'm sorry, you have to wait this long into the show to understand why that's there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Last year, I believe he gave some uh, uh, survival tips for for shows, and I, I I think yeah, actually, Greg said so too. You know, go to the small booths and you can see some more interesting stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah, that's I've what heard. that's what he says when he goes to PAX, I believe it was. Yeah, no, I've I've heard him expound on that a number of times. Um, He's had some he, – and he's recommended games to me personally based on I've talked to this dev about mm-hmm. Game X and it was interesting. And that means a lot more to me uh, than, you know, Kotaku or Polygon's reputation. Well, uh, well, there uh, you go. There you go. If you like if you like Judge Greg's uh, tastes, <laughs> uh, when he goes to something, listen to him rather than Kotaku <laughs> or Polygon. <laughs> yeah. Huh. All right. Um, anything else? I think that about covered it, really. Yeah, I mean, the the ones that we gave short shrift to deserved it, as far as I'm concerned. We, we were we were fair. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh my! And we've been going on really long, so uh, no uh, no war story this time. No war story this week, and that has nothing yeah. to do with the fact that I forgot to think of one. <laughs> well, I demand two next week then. <laughs> One way Fair or another. Enough. Fair God. enough. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll finally have our analytics episode next week, and, <laughs> and uh, with any luck, we'll have two guests, and we can ask for one from each. Yep. All right. And then we could go really meta and look at the analytics of the analytics episode oh, after the, after we record it, <laughs> release it, I should say. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for spending time with me, Jeff. Uh, we went no a little problem. longer than we planned, but uh, hopefully that won't mess up your day too much. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't want the length of this episode to reflect on how good this year's E3 was, folks, because it really, really wasn't that great. So. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I suppose I suppose we could also use the um, the uh, hero talk uh, metric from when yes. Greg and I are talking. Is the the higher <laughs> ratio that you're talking about unrelated tangents, the lower your opinion of the event or the movie is? Because <laughs> exactly. we we went off on a fair bit of tangents there. Yeah, yeah, short and punchy E3 episode indicates that it was gold. So. 
or long and punchy, but very much on topic. <laughs> that that means it was stacked. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for joining us this week. If uh, there's anything anybody out there would like to see me talk about, or write about, rather, in the Behind the Line article series, or hear us talk about here on Behind the Line Radio, you can always reach out to me at kinetic at enthusiacs.com. That's K-Y-N-E-T-Y-K at enthusiacs.com. And follow me on Twitter at Kinetic Nose. See you all next time, everybody. Behind the Line Radio is presented by Enthusiacs.com. For more podcasts, Let's Plays, articles, videos, reviews, and more, visit us at Enthusiacs.com. Also, send us a comment on Twitter at Enthusiacs. View us on YouTube, channel Enthusiacs, and like us on Facebook, Enthusiacs.